Welcome to this week's edition of Afternoon Brain Food. Did you really have the choice to tune in? This week, we welcome Angus McKenzie, an aspiring philosopher, to discuss free will in the modern age. Angus, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I have some fan-submitted questions here, so uh, I'll start you off with an easy one. Okay. Do you value being able to make your own decisions, and do you feel like decisions you make are your own? Yes, I value being able to make my own decisions because it's a way, it's a method of self-expression and the ability to apply the sort of collection of thoughts and experiences that I've had onto the world in a way that hopefully will benefit certainly me and also hopefully others. And I also know what the alternative of uh, free will and the ability to make decisions looks like, for instance, in over-domineering parents who put their kids down paths and sort of force them into their achievement, you often see that they have no agency or ownership of their success. And it's pretty much a recipe for unhappiness because they haven't been able to express their will. Even if they end up liking some of the activities, it still feels like it's prescribed to them. Now, do you feel like, uh, like the decisions that you get to make, do you feel like those are, are your own decisions or do you feel like you're being influenced by things like social media, by, by the news you hear around you, by other people in your life? Or do you feel like you are the true creator of your own destiny. Uh, like almost everything, it's nuanced in that uh, there's probably influences that I'm not aware of. Those would be unknown unknowns. And then there are known influencers like what I see scrolling through the Facebook feed. If I start with a neutral opinion, and I've seen it myself, even if I scroll through a couple articles that have negative um negative outlooks on certain topics, I'll then start to adopt those negative uh, outlooks because I don't have information going the opposite direction. And those biases you pick up can be countered with by being more informed through broader, more reliable news sources and just logically thinking and being aware of the manipulation. It can reduce the effect of it. So when you notice these people trying to influence you, mm. does that change your opinion on that source in the sense that they're trying to project their ideas onto you instead of letting you develop your own thoughts? So for me personally, when people try give me an opinion uh, about something, you know, regardless if they're trying to influence me um, or not, some people just throw their opinions out there, which similar to social media, just seeing that information is a form of um, influence and manipulation. Um, what I like to do is when somebody is trying to convince me of something or another, it sort, sort of amounts to a, a data point in my head. You know, if somebody is very reputable and speaking about something that they know about or they're very passionate about, they've done a lot of research, that's a very strong data point. And if I don't have any other information gathered, um, I'm, I'll freely just let my belief uh, turn towards that direction because I know it's from a, a higher quality source or if I get a bunch of little data points of a bunch of people that may or may not be experts you know I'll consider them with the grain of salt depending on on the topic so it essentially amounts to a data point when you really when you actually think about it and you're aware of the information that's coming at you yeah it makes sense so you had mentioned earlier um about parents, mm -hmm. uh, do you feel like they're the biggest influence on a child or can their influence be outweighed maybe by friends or by, by peers? I think there's a lot of romanticization of the influence of friends and peer groups as teenagers because there's a whole phase, like the, the concept of teenagerhood was created, uh, you know, post-revolution uh, or post-industrial revolution as an idea and 
it's sort of a new concept of kids sort of growing their identity and form them based on their friends and it's this whole change is cool period you're discovering things you're discovering yourself and it just wasn't always like that but I think then and now parents are still the main like when you look at a meta scale they're still the main influencers you know like because you spend so much of your formative years with your parents and then you might stray off and do all these crazy stuff when you're a teenager that's a pretty pretty common you know trend and then a lot of people when they're adults and it's not really spoken about a lot or romanticized because it's kind of normal a lot of people end up like their parents because they are 50% of both of their genes um you know it's different for adopted kids I couldn't speak to that but for biological kids they're 50% of each parent and a lot of the basic values that instilled them when they're very young almost definitely carry on into adulthood and the things that their parents sought out to satisfy their brain's needs uh genetically and biologically are probably going to be similar to yours like for instance me both my parents are teachers and my mom was really into psychology and I could see myself becoming a counselor or a school teacher whereas when I was a teenager I was like no way I'm never going to be a teacher but that's different now because I can feel my brain settling and asking mm. me to do these things to mm. satisfy it basically it's almost like a bell curve you go you go up and you go away from wanting to be mm-hmm. like your parents but as you settle back down you, you sort of normalize mm-hmm. how they are and, and and how it all fits together yeah yeah on the topic of the modern teenager uh do you feel like the new mindset is derived from these young adults wanting to be independent at a younger age or do you feel like media has set new expectations I think um, originally when the concept of teenagerhood um, started coming about, like post 1900s, developing as a concept, it was um, directly caused by uh, just the available luxury of having the time to have this period in your life. Because let's look at like industrial, pre industrial, like London, for instance, you know, you reach the age of four or five or younger and you get up the chimneys, you just start working, you know, or you go shovel horse poop in the streets or you do any number of horrible jobs and in that period your identity was you were a tanner you were a smith you did your thing and or you die so there wasn't really that sort of ability to explore and you know look around at who you are as a person you you already had it ascribed to you or you'd be forced into a role uh now you know as the years progress like before the heavy influence of media, there was still a concept of teenagerhood and, um, at, you know, it had its own sort of series of expectations, mostly socially driven. And I think the media has added an extra layer of influences and expectations because, you know, you'll often, you'll read stories or accounts of people saying they feel left out if they don't, uh, go to parties or get really drunk all the time. And a lot of that is influence. I, I think is influenced by, you know, sort of like party hype culture, media and stuff like that. And it creates this expectation, you know, sort of similar along the lines of like, everybody's got to be really buff and pretty. Those are media influences that we follow along that shape our norms, essentially. It's difficult now because like you had said, you you had a set role that you had to fill. Mm-hmm. And, and now even with the expectations of media, it's it's like you have that same role, but on a different sense. You don't mm-hmm. need to get up to the chimneys, but you need to meet social standards. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, two extreme ends of the spectrum you had no free will to choose 
mm-hmm. anything but work. And now you almost have no free will unless you want to be an outcast in, yeah. in, in the people's eyes. Yeah. You know, you have to go to parties and you have to mm-hmm. subscribe to these ideas of, of, you know, spending all your time with people and not, you know, caring about school and, and all these, all these extreme. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, that's a very good point. Um, it's basically just the shift between, uh, overt and covert influence of free will. Cause before the overtness was necessity to survive or somebody's just, you know, decided you're in this trade or you need to support the family versus the covert influences where it's all internalized and you're sort of, you know, your internal state is what's being influenced and you still sort of have the option to choose, but you're being influenced in a much more subtle uh, fashion. (laughs) It wouldn't have been fun being the first kid to say, hey, I don't want to go up the chimneys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, Angus, thanks for coming on. You're always welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, you can can find Angus McKenzie's new book coming out in the fall titled Why Tables or Not? Once again, Angus, thanks for joining us. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, and thank you, listener, for tuning in week after week. Uh, See you next time on Afternoon Brain Food.